Now, the Bobby Curran Show on ESPN Honolulu. Good morning and welcome to the Aloha Friday edition of the program. I'm Bobby Curran along with Tanner Hayworth. Between us, we'll try and bring you the complete world of sports, pros, colleges, uh, high schools, other sporting events taking place here with guests, giveaways, and, of course, your phone calls. want to start off talking a little bit about the University of Hawaii basketball game last night. That was not one for the ages. That was a difficult slog. And Hawaii was largely overmatched in the first half especially. Uh, Hawaii kind of righted the ship a bit in the second half, but by then they were down 18 or 20 points. And they started to come back, and I thought in moments they looked pretty good in the second half, but it was too little too late. And that has been a pattern of late, and I think that's something the Hawaii coaches are trying to arrest as fast as they can because it was just painful at times. Tanner, your thought? I think when I'm looking at that game last night, I think it's it's just it's just unfortunate to see what happened, especially with Morsec yesterday, you know, with the announcement of his season ending injury. There's just seems to be a lot of just just not great stuff washing over this program right now. Snake bit. And I could just think of the, the quote from yesterday from Ron Gannat and Steven Sy's column. The solution has been found. Well, it certainly doesn't really feel like the solution was found. Well, I think they said it was identified, wasn't it? But didn't, didn't they say it was they had identified the issue? Potato, potato. Okay. Well, anyway, I, I think there's a difference between resolving something and identifying it. Well, that's my take. I, I think that your you know, first step is identifying it, but you're still a ways away from resolving it. I think Cal Poly will be helpful for what ails Hawaii, and that's tomorrow. But I, I think they, they need to get back on track, and I think it'll be harder to do without Morsec, but I think in the long run, I could see where this is very helpful for Morsec because he's going to have a lot of time to work on individual skills, which he needs. And and I think he can become a very, very good player. Remember, he's only a sophomore. So there's a lot of room to grow for Morsec. And if you have something that you want to talk about today, if you have something or you were distressed by watching that first half yesterday, I mean, it was distressing. And trust me, you're not the only one distressed. Every coach on that staff is distressed. I mean, I, I just think, fortunately, I think that Craig Angelus has, is developing a pretty good relationship with uh, Aaron Gannat, but it's a good thing because he's pretty new here. He may not be willing to pull a trigger. I know a lot of other people, fans, etc., that think it's time for a change. I don't. I don't. I'm not of that opinion. But I respect the people who have that. I think that's inevitable when you're struggling the way this team has. And Aron said in the post game last night, you know, we're not used to this around here. We haven't had a struggle that we haven't been able to fix pretty quickly in his tenure here. And that's true. 
They haven't. They've had a couple of games that have been disappointing, game here, game there, but nothing like this. And I think that that really calls for, you know, an intervention of sorts. That's what's going to have to happen. I will say this. A.J. Mitchell is a terrific basketball player. I saw, as I was researching for the game yesterday, I saw a publication, I think it's ESPN, in fact, that has A.J. Mitchell as the 10th best prospect for the NBA draft. Ten. That's amazing. I mean, I do think he's very good, but he's not flashy. There's nothing flashy. He just he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He's got the requisite quickness. He's a terrific passer. He can shoot. He's better in the mid-range than he is really deep, but he is a fine basketball player. And I think Hawaii's got to have some of their players have got to recapture the magic in moments Yesterday, Noel Coleman looked pretty good. But I think the guy who's struggling now is Javon McClanahan. Uh, I thought Juan Munoz looked terrific. He's very handsy and smart. He had the steals. I mean, he was he was doing a lot of good things for his team yesterday. But is it enough? I mean, I think that that's what they have to do is to get three or four guys on that same wavelength. Bernardo De Silva has time moments when he's really good, uh, but he has got to be a bit more physical. You can't have two rebounds in the m- number of minutes he gets. That's uh, that's not sufficient because they only have he and really Jason McCoy at this point, now that Morsec is out, that can really bang the boards. There's other guys that apply themselves, Harry Aruliadev and Ryan Rapp, but you don't have anybody else that's a really that you would say was a big rebounding presence, and that's important. You get into conference, everybody's got your tendencies down. I mean, they know who the shooters are. The one guy they probably don't know as much about is Akira Jacobs, and I think he's going to be a very good player here. Um, but he's you know he's very young in his development. He's played in Japan his whole life, and that's not anywhere as near the same as this. So I think it's it's coming for him, but and he'll probably continue to get more minutes as this season wears on. But I don't know that you can count on him to be a 15-8 and eight guy. I mean, he's not that yet. I think he's got that kind of potential, but he's not that yet. The uh, I think we're going to be seeing A.J., uh, A.J. Mitchell in the pros. I really do. I think he's – now, he might be – he could be, as Derek, as Derek uh, Lowe said, he could be a backup point guard now in the NBA. I think that's quite quite possible. I'm not saying he's a – listen, this is a surefire number one pick or anything like that, but I do think you know, the fact that ESPN's ranking him number 10, I think he's likely to go in the first round. He just seems like he's getting better. If they get, if they make it to the tournament, which is no guarantee, but if they do, and he has a couple of good games, I think that would help his stock considerably. There's not a lot of teams that can't use a guy like that. That's really part of the difference. Ten minutes past six o'clock. Everybody's now talking. Uh, And we'll get back to it if somebody wants to get into University of Hawaii men's basketball. But uh, I do think uh, we want to talk a little bit about this because it's a Friday and the games are Sunday. And so 
And this is our last chance to talk about a couple of matchups. I mean, Baltimore, Kansas City. I know a lot of people that think Baltimore is going to roll on Kansas City. They just think their roster is too strong. And that that Kansas City doesn't have enough. They got Chris Jones, but they don't have enough on defense. And that's perhaps true. Um, I think they do have what they do have. And this is there's no underestimating this. You don't you don't want to do that. And if you're an opponent and you underestimate Patrick Mahomes, you're in trouble. I don't think John Harbaugh will be guilty of that. I think he, the Ravens coach, knows what uh, what Mahomes is capable of. I, I think you got to look out for that at all times. I suppose I don't disagree with the people who are picking um, are picking Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. I think I will too. I wasn't. I was back and forth on that all week, but I think now if I have to make a selection, I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens. I think they have too much, and in his own way, Lamar Jackson is just as much a playmaker as Mahomes is. I mean, he he's crazy with that stuff. When he gets loose in the running game, he's he has that's an element no other team has to the extent he does. I mean, that's just it. And then in the other game with Detroit and San Francisco, I have come around to thinking, I was thinking it's such a great storyline. It's so tempting. They've never been to a Super Bowl, Detroit. Dan Campbell seems like he's the right kind of guy to bring him to one. But I think it's going to be San Francisco. I just think there's going to be there's too much between Kittle and Ayuk and McCaffrey. I mean, it's just forget about it. There's too much talent there. And if Debo Samuel plays, that'll just be another arrow in the quiver. And I think Brock Purdy was not great last week. I agree with that. But I think he's unlikely. Has I don't think he's had two bad games in a row yet in his San Francisco career. So I suppose I'm thinking that it's probably San Francisco in that game. We'll see. That's the fun of this is nobody knows for sure. I wouldn't bet on this one because I don't feel sure enough of the outcome. Uh, And that's how it is. Let's do this. We're going to take, we're going to talk some more football later in the hour, but we want to take a quick timeout. We want to bring on one of the new wave of Hawaii coaches. And in this particular case, it's the old wave is actually uh, the new wave. And that's uh, Dan Morrison, quarterbacks coach and offensive passing game coordinator. We'll take a quick time out. Be right back with Dan Morrison after this on ESPN Honolulu. Welcome back on this Aloha Friday edition of the program uh, and want to welcome our guest. And he's he's a familiar face and a familiar name. Uh, Dan Morrison, quarterback's coach, recently hired, and it's his second stint and at this program, and he's been here to visit many times to help out and, and such. Dan, how goes it? Very good, Bobby. How you doing, buddy? Good. I'm glad to see that uh, that you came back here. I, you know, I always wondered if you would return to these parts. Well, it is home in a lot of ways, and uh, it was a, a very good decision to spend some time with Tim. And uh, you know, obviously, we've known each other for a long time, 
and uh, the staff is very familiar. And, and, and also the, the irony of actually working with Braden in Dallas when I was down there and getting to know him and his family. So it was, there was a lot of familiarity coming home. Now, I think this is an interesting deal because when people say, well, how much can a quarterback's coach help a guy like Braden Shager? I would say quite a bit. What's your thought? Well, you can, and, and a lot of it is, is kind of determined in the offense that you're running. It, it's, uh, it's kind of a combination of d- dealing with the specifics of the quarterbacking aspect, but it's also really teaching and indoctrinating them in the offense that you're doing. So, And he's, he's a great learner, as they all are, you know, and they're, they're having fun learning this offense. Well, tell me this. Micah Alejado from Bishop Gorman. It seems like you guys have a pretty good connection with Chris Brown there. And, and uh, I, I'm wondering, a lot of people thought when, when Braden announced he was going into the portal, I think people thought, well, maybe they're going to, uh, maybe they'll be rushing uh, in uh, Micah Alejado. Maybe now that you don't have to do that as much, but I'm sure he might like to play. Well, he's a very competitive young man, and uh, the advantage that he has is because of the Chad Campanelli up there. It, you know, he he has uh, a familiarity with not just the offense in general, but where your eyes go, how the decisions are made, and you know, he, he kind of smiles a lot of times when we say we're going to introduce this particular route because uh, I'll ask him, you know, have you done this? And he'll say, yes, he has done it. So. Yeah, he, he's coming in with, at a, a little different level than a lot of quarterbacks who would just be coming in for the first time. You know, somebody said to me, and this was a coach, they said if he was four inches taller, he would have been, everybody in the SEC would have been after the guy. His uh, his statistics are almost off the chart, aren't they? Yeah, they are. They are. He did some things that uh, uh, there are certain numbers that he has that are really good, but the one that's most impressive is going through a senior year and not throwing one interception. The entire senior year, so uh, he's that? surrounded by the not very few people. <laughs> it never <too> happens. It's <laughs> crazy. No. Yeah. Well, what no. is you? What is your thought about uh, the way you're viewing the offense? Because obviously, everybody that comes in, and you're going to have a big influence on it. Um, everybody that comes in, every coach, I think, leaves his mark. Does he not? Yeah, the, the, whatever you know, the, the, their background is, whatever they've been indoctrinated with, that they're going to uh, they're going to present that, and they and they do, you know, they, and it's and it happens with all of us, uh, you know. I, I I spend time with Tim now, and I see a, uh, quite a bit of Nevada Reno in him, you know, and then uh-huh. uh, same thing. I saw Nick Rolovich, I saw a lot of Nevada Reno in him, and Chris Holtz in him, you know, and it's 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 offenses evolve, people evolve, but it's fun being with Tim because it's it's like uh, a flashback, You're like. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> we're doing this, and yeah, we're good. We're good about it. So it's it's been a lot of fun just presenting this offense to these guys. You guys will be throwing quite a bit, I'm assuming. That would be the plan. Yeah, yeah. There's, it 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 looks like that for a lot of reasons. Uh, you know, we we have. Uh, it's not just really good quarterbacks. We have some really good receivers, and there's a lot of foot speed out here, a little more than we've had in certain years when we were here before. So they're and and they're also they just are very eager to learn. And again, a little bit of that connection. And you know, Pafelli was he was working out with us in Dallas too because he's from Ulysses Trinity, which is very near Highland Park. So uh, met his brother. You know, it, it's. It's a it's a connection that we had in Dallas that's carried over to coming here to Honolulu. Which is really interesting because I met his mom when his, uh, she was here with the brother on a recruiting trip. 
And mm-hmm. so that's I thought to myself, this looks like a slightly bigger version of Pofelli. Yeah. Yeah. In, in a lot of ways. He had the same smile, the same personality, the same, you know, just happy go lucky, let's go, which is have some fun. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little taller, but same same personality. You know what's interesting is I thought those guys it was a tough start to the season last year. It ended well, but it was a tough start and I thought all those guys, those receivers, they really hung in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they, there's something about the personality of these guys that they, they don't let the noise on the outside, they don't let what happens inside ever bother them. They, they're, just, they're just to the next step. You know, How do we get better Tuesday than we were Monday? And that's, that doesn't happen all the time, and uh, this group certainly has that. Well, when I see a guy like Nishigaya, who, I mean, who you look at him and you think he does not belong in a Division One football <laughs> field, but he every time he steps on it, he proves he does belong. Yes, yeah, he's he's a very good player, and he he has you know he has what always had before, which was that St. Louis connection, which is again coming in with a certain familiarity with things. And, but he, he's very good. We've had guys like that in the past. These are the Gerald Welshes of the world that. Uh, they don't look like they would belong out there, but they very, very much do belong out there. Well, I think the ultimate guy like that was probably Chad Owens, because mm-hmm. I mean yeah. he just—I mean—he was remarkable. He was an ankle breaker, and mm-hmm. it, people use that expression more often in, in basketball, but it applied to him. Yeah, yeah, he did. He had that, and we have receivers like that at times. That. Uh, I mean, Cole Beasley was like that at SMU. You know, they they have a uh, not necessarily that straight line speed, but they have extraordinary quickness, and they, we refer to it as a certain suddenness. And they they have that suddenness, and he has it. You know, Chad had it. Cole Beasley had it. You know, and, they, and it causes fits for people. So. What will be the challenges, do you think, for you this season? With, I mean, you're going to be juggling some quarterbacks, and I would have to think that under the circumstances, because he's had a couple of pretty good years here, better each one, and maybe Braden Shager has the edge. Yeah, he has, in a, in a lot of ways, you know, he's, he's a little further ahead in the offense and understanding it and where his eyes go and how to get the ball out quickly, which is what we're working on now. Uh, he has a certain advantage for everybody. And then the thing that they have, and a number of them have it, it's a little unusual, is they – they can. They have the strong arms to get it down the field. That isn't terribly unusual. But how accurate they are down the field, that is unusual. That's something we usually have to really spend some time working on. And, I mean, just yesterday, they were throwing bombs out here, and they were right on the money. So uh, that's that's unusual. And that, he certainly has that. That warms the cockles of a coach's heart, does it not? <laughs> yeah, that uh, it scares the heck out of defensive people. And it's, uh, it's very fun to have a guy that can do that. And... The added to that are three or four guys that are really fast. So, you know, they'll, they'll work on taking the top off of coverages, and then uh, you know, whatever's left underneath, they're going to go get. So, well, that sounds like. I mean, I'm excited about it. I kind of think that this might be a the proper blend of experience and uh, and diversity and all of the things that you could have. I I've never met Dennis Thurman. But I was talking mm-hmm. to other people like Rich Miano, who has at various camps and stuff. So, and I'm thinking, wow, this is going to be interesting. Yeah, well, well as I'm sure you know, Dennis and I go back way, way back. And like like the, the California in high school? 
Yeah, he uh, he was actually the first quarterback I worked with as a very young coach at Santa Monica High School. Wow. And, uh, uh, we, you know, he was obviously an extraordinary athlete. He was a Southern California Athlete of the Year. And John Wooden was recruiting him to be a point guard at UCLA. And uh, Tommy Lasorda was kind of interested in trying to draft him for the Dodgers. And he decided to go play football with uh, John McKay at USC. And he was a two-time All-American there. But he... He has this. Uh, he has this teaching ability. He's he's really one of the sharpest people I've ever coached. And you know, when you when you talk about Ronnie Lott and Dennis Smith coming up, he's the one that mentored them. So he's very good. He's a lot of fun to be with, and we've been together a long, long time. Well, this ought to be uh, this ought to be exciting. I think you guys are going really early to start the spring. <laughs> yes, we start next Monday. So are you good uh, with yes, that? It, Oh yeah, <laughs> well they, yeah. It's we'll go out there and uh, put the pieces together, and then see where we are after 15 days, and start adding on to that. But there you go, Dan. Thanks so much. I'm glad to have you back. Yeah, yeah good to hear your voice, Bobby. Call the coach with Charlie Wade, presented by Paxar, returns Tuesday at 6.30 p.m., live on location at Ruby Tuesday at Moana Lua. Join us on site and enjoy Ruby Tuesday specials, prize giveaways, and get the latest on Hawaii Rainbow Warrior Volleyball. Welcome back on this Aloha Friday, and I think it's interesting that we are getting coaches that were here. Well, how often do you see that? Not really all that often, because Jeff Reinbold was here for a couple of years, Dan Morrison for more years than that. I think that's really an interesting deal. I also think it looks like there's a good combination here between veteran, uh, you know, youth, veteran, enthusiasm, uh, calm demeanor, all that. The one thing about uh, Dan Morrison, he was never a yeller or a screamer. He's a communicator and an educator. And I think that's perfect with Micah Alejado and, and his development and Braden Shager, who is ready to have, I think, a terrific year. And I think it'll be helpful to have Dan Marson around all the time because he is that demeanor that uh, always calm, never never loses it. I think that's uh, ideal for an I you don't always get that in the defensive co- in the ideal defensive coach, but it pretty much is uh, an article of faith that you need that with your quarterbacks, and Hawaii certainly has that. It's uh, it's 33 minutes past the hour. If you have something you want to chat about. Go ahead and give a jingle. You may have a suspicion on what might happen on Sunday. And I, I listen, I'm going to go ahead. I made the prediction earlier. I'm going to stick with it. I think this is going to be uh, Baltimore. I just think Baltimore's got a stronger roster. And, uh, and not. I, I get that people say, oh, don't count out Mahomes. I'm not counting them out, but I do think that Probably he's playing the best defense in the NFL. So, no, do I think he's going to be awesome offensively? Probably not. That would be my guess. And I think that when you're up against that kind of a defense, the other thing is that I think when you got to go up against Lamar Jackson, it gives you it gives you pause because you don't want to be too aggressive. He gets by you. You don't have much behind you to stop that Baltimore offense because he is just a guy capable of doing it himself. 
And uh, that's, uh, of course, something to watch out for. Now, uh, yeah, and I, I think, I, especially with Patrick Mahomes, I think of uh, Isaiah Pacheco is a good heck of a player. I also really like, uh, I like the guy, uh, Travis Kelsey. I mean, he's hard not to like, even though a lot of people are say, saying they think he's declining a little this year. Maybe it's his love life that's causing the problem. I don't really think that. Uh, Taylor Swift is gets a lot of TV time these days. For someone who's just discovered football, I wonder if she can diagram plays yet. That would be interesting if she could. I'll bet you Brittany Mahomes can. And uh, they, uh, they're, they're into it. They, they, you can see them. And I'm, I'm guessing they probably could take an under-over on how many showings there will be in that game between, uh, between Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. I mean, you can't avoid seeing uh, Kelsey, but... I think Taylor Swift gets an unusual amount of uh, of TV time. I mean, you hate that? You kind of saying you hate it? No, I actually say she actually doesn't really get that many if you really want to count it out. Compare it to how many shots Jerry Jones gets for a Dallas Cowboys game, and it's nothing in total. I think in that last game, she had like three shots or four shots. That was all? Yeah. I would say for every game, she actually only gets about, you know, four shots from the camera. Wow. I would have I would have offhand guessed that it was more than that. Yeah, it's 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 way less than you think it is. A lot of people are making it like it's an issue. It's really not an issue. Well, and it's not constant. I mean, if it got in the way of the football game, that would be that would bother me, but it doesn't. And it's never gotten in the way of a football game. No, I agree with that. That's okay. Let's get to the other game because I, I there's a sentimental favorite in Detroit. I think that people are thinking, you know, they haven't been there for so long. Dan Campbell's come in. He's sort of been resurrected this this franchise and and they're really good now and tough and they've taken on the personality of the head coach and I think all that's true and um, I I I do think they're easy to root for however I don't think they're as complete a team as San Francisco uh, and I suspect San Francisco's just got way more weapons what's your thought on that I think the amount and quality are certainly different. I think they both have really great players. I think of guys like, I think I could directly compare. I think of guys like Christian McCaffrey to Jameer Gibbs. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey has a whole lot of attention being one of the best running backs in the NFL, but Jameer Gibbs is probably one of its best rising stars. Jared Goff and Brock Purdy. I would probably say Jared Goff, def- I think, is better than Brock, but... They're on the same level. Amon Ross, St. Brown, and Debo Samuel, I think, are on the same level. And Sam Laporta and George Kittle are basically the exact same player. You know, Iowa likes to breed them like that. So in terms of offense versus offense, I think that's like a mirror match when it comes to this game. But it's just going to be which defense will step up. Will the pass rush from the 49ers get through one of the best offensive lines in the NFL in the Detroit Lions? I think that's the matchup that we're going to be watching a whole lot more. Chad Hutchinson is such, such, I'm sorry? Aiden. Oh, Aiden Hutchinson is such a good and explosive player. 
And I, I kind of think he could be a wild card in this game. Because he, you know, Brock Purdy is not what I would call, he's not extremely mobile. He's okay. He's not, you know, I'm not saying he's bad or he uh, doesn't have any kind of athleticism, but it's not exceptional by NFL standards. And if they can, if Detroit can get pressure on him, I think it changes everything. We also still don't know if Debo Samuel's playing or not, do we? I mean, it's still up in the air. It sounds like it may end up being a game-time decision because he's been cleared for some level of practice, but he's not taking contact, and it's Friday. So I think that's going to be an interesting deal. But he makes a big difference because he's got that run-away-from-you explosiveness that most of the other 49ers don't have. I mean, they get you different ways. I mean, Kittle is just such a precise route runner and got great hands and McCaffrey can do a little bit of everything so strong uh, and uh, I think people forget about but guys like Brandon Ayuk he can be he can be dynamic himself so I do think that's going to be a good game but I will take San Francisco in that one I think San Francisco wins by somewhere close to a touchdown that would be my guess I know that a lot of people who buy it. If you have a thought on how that's going to go, go ahead and uh, give me a jingle, 296-1420, and we'll have, uh, we'll discuss. And I have a feeling there's a lot of coaches that are on hot seats all around the league, but the one guy who never has been this year, Dan Campbell. I mean, every, he just goes to work every day, brings his lunch pail, and uh, gets after it, and it seems that that's appreciated by the Fords, and which is good because it, he is the stability that there is often been missing in Detroit. I'm I'm pleased for him. I think it's going to be work out very very well. It's 40 minutes past six o'clock. I think this is kind of funny. What what's going to happen? And what's more likely to happen? Andy Reid catching Bill Belichick as the greatest coach uh, of all time. Patrick Mahomes catching Tom Brady as the greatest of all time. I would say, I, I kind of think the answer to that one is probably Patrick Mahomes might be closer to catching Brady than Andy Reid is to catching Belichick. That would just be my thought. I heard somebody introduce the idea that, hey, what about John Harbaugh? How could you leave him out? I mean, he's been pretty impressive. Um, yes, but I just think the mystical, magical number of Super Bowls, was it seven uh, for uh, Bill Belichick? I mean, he's been in how many? Ten and one seven, is that right? I'm trying to remember if that's I could be off one. It might be nine and six, but it's it's a number nobody else even approaches, which is I think interesting. And I am all for it if they uh, if these games go. I'd love to see both of these games go right down to the final minute. I don't have a real dog in the fight. I just want to see great football. And uh, so I would, I'd love it to be right down to the last second. Rarely is it, but I, it would be nice if it does happen. Let's, why don't we do this? Shall we take a timeout? No? 
Oh, okay. So we can we can chat about anything anybody likes. If you have something you want to talk about, go ahead and give us a call. And it's 808-296-1420, the number. And I find this uh, this whole thing, this interesting deal about um, who will get the jobs and, and is Pete Carroll. Everyone's talking about no one's interested in, in Belichick, it seems. I'm more surprised that no one seems that interested in Pete Carroll. I mean, Carroll, I don't know, how do you put this? I don't mean to be ageist because Pete Carroll's actually older than Belichick. But he doesn't seem it. And that's, I think, a difference because Carroll is youthful looking. He's got tremendous enthusiasm and energy, whereas Bill Belichick's just flat old. I mean, he looks old. And I wonder if that's been an impediment to him, you know, getting interviews and, and getting a solid job offer here, which he obviously hasn't. So when Raheem Morris gets hired ahead of the GOAT, um, I, I just think that's p maybe part of it. I think here's the other issue. Belichick has made it very clear over the years he wants to run the ship the way he wants to run it. I don't think he's going to want a guy like, I say, a David Pepper in Carolina. He's not going to be micromanaged as the head coach. That's not going to happen. So you have to kind of put up with some level of Bill Belichick's wanting to be the master of all he surveys because that's been how it's been in New England. And I'm okay with that. I don't – if you want him, I think you have to take him. If you're David Pepper and you want Bill Belichick, you're going to have to take him on, uh, on Belichick's terms, I think. I don't think there's going to be an alternative because – Let's face it, Belichick might want to have another head coaching job. He doesn't need it. That's the deal. Okay, let me get your opinion on this, Tanner, and I'd like to open it up. How successful do you think that Jim Harbaugh will be his first year as, as the Chargers head coach? Well, I think for the Chargers, the success of the first year of Jim Harbaugh will most likely uh, rely on the health of his star players. This is a team that has dealt with the injury bug every single year, it seems. So I'd say, one, I'd focus on that. Two, I'd like to see what offensive system that he adopts for this team because it really felt like the Chargers were doing a fine job at offense. And then last year in hiring a guy like um, Kellen Moore, it really feels like the offense slowed down a lot, which is, I think, something that not a lot of people expected. Justin Herbert really became kind of a check-down kind of guy. Austin Eckler, you know, probably a lot of his fantasy owners were very happy about that. But other than that, I don't really think that that offense was all too great last year. So maybe it's just trying to find someone that can take advantage of the skill set that they have in this team that's being a very great just kind of passing team. They're not super great with, with the run, but... I feel like if they improve their offensive line a little bit, that team can be something dangerous. Oh, I, I think you're right. I think that can happen. Will he be a play? Will that be a playoff team? Do you think? Once again, it just would have to depend on injuries. That team just their entire season gets derailed with like one or two of them, and that's just the only thing I worry about. And I think it starts with uh, the quarterback. Herbert's got to stay healthy, and if he does, and he's not had. Well, he's not what I would call chronically injured, 
but it seems he's had a couple nicks and bruises at inconvenient times. I mean, there's so much talent on that team. I'm, I had predicted forever that that would be the team that Harbaugh would want. I, you know, I didn't think there was a lot of doubt about that. I felt like he's, listen, he likes the California deal. He grew up there. I mean, all of that. He had formative years in in, in uh, California. So I wasn't at all surprised that that's the job he took. He likes talented players. I think he deals with them. He relates well to them. He has proclaimed to anybody who would listen that Justin Herbert is a huge talent and would love to work with him. Well, he's got his wish. I mean, he's always stopped short of being a a guy who's getting in other people's way with that. But I do think this is what uh, this is what he likes, and I think it's I think he's got exactly what he wanted. Now, now it's up to him. And can you imagine how much Michigan probably tried to put pay him? I would think the offer must have been huge because, you know, that was a magical season, culminates in the national championship. And the fact that they could have possibly had him back, I'm sure that was not unanimous in Ann Arbor. I mean, there was, I'm sure there were some people that say, you know, this guy is just a matter of time till he gets all completely off the reservation. But it, it hadn't happened yet, and he managed to stay out of trouble, a couple of suspensions, but still there at the end and dominant in the national championship game. That's huge. Shall we take this time out? Let's do it. We'll take a time out right now and be right back around the bend here on ESPN Honolulu. Well, welcome back on this Aloha Friday edition of the program. I love when they say these kinds of questions. They'll, they'll offer up these propositions on ESPN. And today's is, which team needs the trip to Super Bowl more? Well, I mean, do, does one team need it more than the other? I'm not sure of that. Uh, they're saying, which team this time? They're saying Lions or 49ers. Well, the 49ers have never been. So in that sense, I suppose you could make the case that the, that the Lions need to get there more. But I, I don't think much those things have much to do with it. I think it really comes down to who gets a pass rush. I mean, the who plays better on special teams. If you can avoid giving up a big, big play on special teams and the punt game, say that's huge. Um, and then after that, it's, it comes down to really execution. And I think that's always the way. But a lot of people want to, you know, want to come up with something other than execution. Well, go ahead, you can come up with what you like, but I think you're, you're on firmer ground if you have the great execution. In terms of coaching advantage, well, I kind of think Kyle Shanahan. He's a great offensive mind. That's clear, and I don't have, don't expect him to struggle that way ever really and and so Dan Campbell I think he's the he's the guy that you expect to be like really guiding the defense I mean because he has that physical he's got a physical thing about him he was a physical player as mostly a tight end but Sam's on the line what's up Sam 
Squirrel Friday, Bobby. How are you? How are you? I'm well. What's happening? Just real quick, so uh, some predictions. Um, I like uh, I like the uh, I like the Lions to go up in there and and uh, and win it in close one, twenty four twenty one. Wow, and in, in San that, Francisco. In San Fran, I think they're going to get pressure on Purdy. Um, do you know if Debo's playing or not? Did they make that, that call nope, yet? Nope, they haven't made the announcement yet. I think it's game time. Okay, so obviously that's the big one. Um, but I like that one there. And then <clears throat> I think Ravens' game is going to be close at first. And I think Ravens pull away 42-21 final. Wow, that's pretty. That's a pretty big margin. I think pulling away at the end. I mean, like like you saw that Texans game, you know, 10-10 and a half. And then they just kind of turn it on. So let's get it. I'm kind of, kind of sick of seeing Patty in there. Let's see, let's see Lamar get a, get a hoist of trophy this year. Let's get it. I think that could happen very easily, and I think many of the pundits are starting to come around to that. I'm I mean, hearing a lot, a lot of people now are starting to predict that this is going to be a Baltimore win, and some are saying not that close. Yeah, I mean, plus Mark Andrews, is, they're getting him back too, so that's another daily weapon, you know? Yep, I no, I Mark Andrews will help. He's, you know, it's funny. He's never really gotten the recognition that I think he deserves. He's been a I very agree. good player for a long time. Hey, he's he's been Lamar's security blanket for the most part, you know. Yeah. All right. Well, listen. You go to watch it. Who are you rooting for, though? That's the issue. Uh, we're rooting for the Colts, Bobby. Well, then, uh, yeah, that's good. If they're not in the game, I'm just kidding, Bobby. I'm just kidding. Um, honestly, I, I I like to see Lamar take it. I mean, that dude, that dude's got everything but a Super Bowl championship, and he's just a hammer man this year, and I like it. I like it. Thanks, Sam. Appreciate the call. We are down to what a final minute or so, I think, and uh, we're going. If you have some, we have time. We have time if you want to make a. Oh, only thirty seconds. That's not enough. Okay, sports animals up next. Uh, Gary Dickman can uh, carry forth on uh, on Rainbow Warrior basketball because I know I was talking to him. He does the halftimes and uh, sits at our table, and I know he was disappointed beyond belief. And then we did we interviewed Aron Ganat in the post game, and he was really disappointed. So now I've always said about head coaches, they got to be the first guy off the mat. And they need to have a good practice today because Cal Poly doesn't win a ton of games in the conference, but they pull off some upsets every single year. You don't want to be the victim of that, not when you're struggling. That should wrap us up for today. For Tanner Hayworth from all of us at ESPN Honolulu, I'm Bobby Curran. Aloha.